Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. So we are going to continue talking about blended families per request from a lot of my Instagram community followers and individuals on Facebook. And today's topic is blended family chaos or can it be fixed? So let's go ahead and jump in. So if you haven't been able to catch my last few episodes, I have been opening up more about my personal manifestations, paying attention to my intuition, but also areas of obstacles and or barriers that presented itself as being part of a blended family. So I want to talk about a difficult conversation, one that most adults and parents do not even know how to talk about it. It doesn't mean that they do not want to talk about it. They just don't know how to. I also want to talk about how to help your partner navigate through blended family chaos because that's been a big portion of my role and that's been my choice. But I did do a podcast episode a while ago of how my therapist background, I believe, has positioned me to help out my husband more and also keep my emotions, you know, intact. Okay. Cause I'm human as well. And so as a result of some chaos that we experienced by being part of a blended family, and if I can take you back to when I was on bed rest, I chose to get certified as a parenting coach and the program that I chose to get my certification through, they were also recognized to be one of the number one referral resources for LA superior courts. And so um, it basically gives me the capacity to either work with parents in a group setting or individual setting, but it will also serve as the um, certificate for the parents who have to go through DCFS to get like parenting classes. Okay. So I use the information that I had learned in the course, in the certification program, in addition to just the personal experiences that I had had, and then also observing other people's relationship to enhance my husband's ability to help him communicate more effectively to the mom of his son. So this podcast episode, I believe should be shared with men as well to help them communicate um, more effectively if they are unable to co-parent with the mother of their child or children if you know they're not together anymore. So I broke this down into three main tips and then I'm going to, of course, share a little case study. So tip number one is always focus on the best interests of the child. So what this means is that it is not about the parents and it is always, always about the well-being of the child, including their mindset, their confidence, their ego, and things like that internally because these kids are picking up behaviors, mood, attitude while they are observing the parents interact with one another or the lack thereof. Tip number two, never talk negatively about the other parent, especially in the presence of the child or children. Now also do not minimize speaking in front of a young child, including a toddler, because guess what? 
as a therapist working with young children, the youngest I worked with was a toddler, but then I'll say the ones that could talk were around three and four. And believe it or not, four-year-olds can tell me a whole lot whether it be through a verbal conversation or it be through play therapy, because in play therapy, we actually sit back and watch them play. And then when they invite us in, we actually ask questions. And believe it or not, a lot of the things that they show us in that little dollhouse actually emulates the things that happen in real life. So be very mindful of how you speak of or about the other parent. And I would just say, refrain from talking negatively about the other parent, period. Like go to therapy, you know what I'm saying? Tip number three, you are in control as the adult of your emotions, but you're not in control of anyone else's. So remember, even when you get angry, you are still 50% in charge at minimum of your angry feelings versus saying they made me mad because you have the ability to not be mad all day. So you have the right also when you're dealing with negative emotions, you have the right to walk away. You have the right to detach. You have the right to hang up the phone, not respond to a text message, and you have the right to implement healthy coping strategies. So now I want to bring up the personal case study and I want to show you how I was able to implement all of these things in real life. So during the time when I was pregnant, my eldest son, he was experiencing a academic barrier, okay? And as soon as I recognized it, which truth be told, I had recognized things earlier on. However, I just didn't feel like it was in my place initially because we were just dating. And then even when we got together in a committed relationship, and then when we moved in with one another, I started to just say small things because as a therapist, sometimes people see you just as a therapist at times, even though they know that you're their partner or girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or spouse or whatnot. And so sometimes when you give like a suggestion they may assume that it's coming from the therapist side when in actuality it's coming from a more concerned adult side. Like these are the things that I witnessed. And some of the things that I saw, I saw very early on as soon as I met his son, but you gotta be real careful when you give parents feedback. I know even as a psychologist, I have to watch my words very carefully because some parents, depending on, for example, the results from psychological testing, IQ and academic testing, the parent may assume that the child is at a particular level. And then the child may not be at that level. But then we have to tell the parent that the child is not at that level. And sometimes the parents internalize the results that we give them about their child's academic progress or level. And they internalize that and turn it inward as though we're saying that they're bad. And I know that just from professional experience, right? So that's why I chose to take my time um, expressing to my husband some of the things that I had saw. But of course, as children get older, I never want a child to feel behind, especially when you get to that age where you got to read out loud in the classroom in front of other kids. You got to turn in math work, work on projects. You don't want to also look like as the child behind to your peers. So I'm thinking about the entire toll of what it will be on a child also psychologically, if for whatever reason, there's an academic barrier. So nevertheless, I provided, this is like pre-pregnancy, pre-marriage, I provided some resources so that my husband and the child's mom can go get him checked out. And so per the mother, the resources were denied. And my personal belief, and again, this is an assumption, uh, but my personal belief was because it came from me. Because, and the only reason I will say that, and I believe that it's not an assumption, is because the recommendation was fine until she asked, where did the recommendation come from? And then when he told her, then it was a no. So that part kind of bothered me because at the end of the day, we're focused on the child, right? That's supposed to be the goal. And so 
Again, as I mentioned, the parent may interpret me providing resources as an internal negative view on themselves, which of course was not true. Bottom line is the child is having struggles and we need to get it fixed before that child leaves out of elementary school. Because if you don't know anything about K through 12, what I want you to hear today is once that child exits out of elementary school, it is very hard to catch the problems, okay? Then fast forward, I'm pregnant, okay? Um, Because I was pregnant when I gave the resources, but fast forward a couple of months. We attended a school meeting. Like, you know, they have the parent-teacher conferences that all the parents make an appointment to meet with the teacher. So my husband and I, we um, got there and then the mom, she was coming from work, I guess, so she was a little bit late. Not a problem, but the teacher went ahead and started the meeting. And so the teacher quickly realized during our conversation, based off my questions, that I had worked in the school system. And she said, you know, what do you do for a living? And I said, oh, I'm a psychologist. And I think what ended up happening was we were talking about the difference in the school districts because I was referencing Lone Beach and ABC school district, which is by my office at the time. And they have a excellent, like excellent ratings for academic performance. And she too had lived in that area where her children had went to school over there, but the rating for this particular school was fairly low. And it's a whole other story as to why he ended up in that school, but that's neither here or there. And so nevertheless, um, we had a conversation and I was just telling her from my perspective, also just putting on my psychologist hat, not being the family psychologist, because that's unethical, but more so just recognizing some deficits, I thought it would be good for him to be recommended to get, you know, a certain level of resources, right? So the teacher and I had a conversation about it, about the academic barrier along with dad, my husband, and potential resolutions. And then mom shows up literally like 10 minutes, right? Because the conversation went fairly quickly. And so when the mom showed up, I decided to do something that I had never done before. And I decided to finally speak up and inquire about the son utilizing the resources. Now, the reason why I said I finally spoke up is yes, I'm an outspoken person, but I just feel like it's a fine line when it's a child involved. And when I'm married to the person, I guess that you were with, you know, it can get pretty messy. You know what I'm saying? So I'm human enough to know that she's also a woman, you know what I'm saying? And so We talked, I told her what the resources were. And then based off of her making a statement stating that she understood the resources, her statements right after contradicted what she said because it was very clear as she went on and she started speaking that she had no clue what we were referencing with certain codes related to special resources at a school. So as a result, as you can imagine, the resolution was null and void. The resolution was not implemented despite even the teacher's recommendations because I just stopped talking, right? And as a result, who suffers? The child for a very short period of time until we were able to at least get resources at our home when we had him. So who's to blame? Because sometimes when it comes down to the child having some type of quote unquote problem, right? Whether it's academic or a behavioral problem, Parents, I see it in therapy all the time. Parents tend to point the blame or the finger onto the other parent and it irks my nerves. So the mother is not to blame in our situation. The father is not to blame. The school is not to blame and I'm not to blame. Who's to blame? All of us, the entire freaking system. It truly takes a village to raise a child. And I do believe that all of us have a role and all of us could have tried a little harder. Like myself, I could have probably circled back and said, well, what I was referencing was not what you described. So let's talk. That could have been my part. I can't speak for everybody else. So when a child has multiple parents, to me, it's a blessing in disguise. 
Yeah, it's hurtful. Yes, it's a difficult transition. But at the end of the day, this child now has, to me, a larger support system. However, it may not seem that way if the parents cannot be mature, whether it be through their behaviors or emotional maturity, or if they cannot communicate with one another because a child sees everything. So as a bonus parent, I'm telling you to make sure that you check your feelings, okay? Nothing is about you when it comes down to the child's well-being. Everything is about the child. And believe me, the truth will always be seen, whether it be with the other adults that are around or better yet, the child, as they become older, they recognize and see everything. So I ain't gonna lie. I probably went a little too deep on that one because again, I am the number one therapist, business coach, and you thought that you were probably gonna show up on my recent podcast episodes and really dive into branding and marketing. But guess what? This is episode 113. So there's plenty more for you to listen to, but I do believe that this is a part of mental health providers that I serve in my business for them to truly live an abundant lifestyle. Because as I mentioned in previous episodes, this is a taboo topic. And you should know by now, any human being, any adult should know that your personal life impacts your business. It impacts your results because you become preoccupied. So no, my podcast is not my personal diary, but I know doggone well, I am not the only one dealing with either regular family or blended family chaos. Okay. So that's why I mentioned, I won't give too many details, but I did want to position it in a way where I feel like no matter if the mom heard it, my husband heard it, my son heard it as he got older or another bonus parent heard it or another biological parent heard it, they can see it from both sides. Okay. So I'm going to continue to make these episodes based off of your inquiries about your interests of what you want to hear more of, okay? So did you like this episode? Do you want to hear more like it? What kind of topics do you want me to talk about or cover? Now, granted, I'm not your therapist, okay? However, in the next episode, I want to pivot just a little bit because something epic is about to go down and it's called the Dope Therapist Academy. And believe it or not, I don't go this deep, but I do talk to them about how to navigate through chaos in their personal life, such as time management, self-care, handle your personal stuff, maybe get an outside resource like one of us for you and your family. You know what I'm saying? Because that will impact what I'm trying to teach you if you're so preoccupied in your personal life and in, you know, situations that you can't even focus on your investment in your business. So yep, the Dope Therapist Academy, the doors are effectively open on February First, they will be open for exactly, I'm gonna say 13.5 days based off the time, you know, the clock. But after that, it will not be open until the end of 2021. So you do not wanna sleep on it. Okay. So in the next episode, we're going to pivot. We're going to start talking about how to truly live an abundant lifestyle and specifically about making the decision to invest in yourself and invest in your business. So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. As usual, head over to Instagram, take a snapshot of this episode. Let me know what was your biggest takeaway. Let me know what you want to hear more about, whether it's with branding and marketing and mental health business or just lifestyle stuff. Maybe I'll post a picture and then you'll be like, hmm, I wonder how she was able to do that. Ask me the question, comments on the bottom, DM me. I read them, okay? So I will see you in the next episode. And until then, I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle.